Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. The name of this book is... Secret. Here, lay on your back so it doesn't get all muffled. You have to lay on your back. Why? Because it's going to get muffled. Yeah. Okay. Peyton still is kind of getting used to this microphone thing. Here, put it down there. Oh, yeah, good. Okay. Name of this book is Secret. And guess what we're starting out doing? Shout outs. Do you remember the last shout out we did? Mm-mm. You don't? Are you tired? Mm-hmm. I wonder what time everybody reads or listens to their podcast. Or like wondering, because guess what time? It's late. We have family visiting and it's 10 o'clock. Yikes, right? The last time I checked, it was 9. I know. Okay. Our next, um, our next. Uh, yeah. Shout out! I found is... out there's a movie about Ivy and Bean. Oh, there is! I know you guys. There's a show, and there's three, right, so far. So if you guys listen to our Ivy and Bean, hello, there's a show now. There's only three episodes. Yeah. Okay. So this episode, um, I'm sorry. This review is from uh, Fun Busy Mind. And it says, enjoy, five stars. I agree with another reviewer. Please do more episodes. You and Peyton are so fun to listen to. We enjoy how you sometimes tell us an adventure that you might have had that day. What adventures did we do today? I don't know. Okay, well, let's talk about an adventure that we did a couple days ago. A couple days ago, we went out and we saw our horses and we bathed them. And one of our horses has a really sensitive tummy, so we had to give him a different type of grain to, like, help his tummy. And if you're a kid, you'll probably think this is funny, but, like, when horses get upset tummies, they get diarrhea, cha-cha-cha. And every time that happens, it goes kind of, like, on their leg and down their leg, so we have to wash his booty booty so we had to wash his legs and booty but the cool thing was he has a beautiful braid now huh Peyton Hmm. he's got a beautiful braid now because we had to wash his little booty because he had diarrhea cha 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 so there you go there's a little adventure we had the other day today we had some shopping adventures huh because we have family visiting from Mm -hmm. France okay 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 all right she wants me to get get with the program sister okay chapter 26 prize-winning artist. Ooh, I have a feeling this has to do with Benjamin Blake. For most no, of... remember they killed him. Okay. No, they didn't kill him. For most of his life, Benjamin Blake... But I was Mom, right. The heart was... Oh. The heart was fresh. It wasn't his heart. It said it was like a little pulsing thing that she ate. It wasn't a heart. Oh. Yeah. For most of his life, Benjamin Blake thought he was bad at art, mostly because he didn't understand it. When other kids drew a triangle on top of a square, he didn't see a house. He heard the shrill whistle of a train over a dull thud of a rock landing in dirt. When they drew a circle around two dots in a curling line, he didn't see a smiley. Oh, 
Clearly two paragraphs in and I'm already yawning. He didn't see a smiley face. He smelled a he smelled baking cookies punctuated by two beefs and a low wine. Benjamin to Benjamin, everyone and everything was a unique combination of sound and color, smell and taste. When he drew, he tried to capture all of these different dimensions of his subjects. But when the other kids looked at his drawings, all they saw was a jumbled mess. So when Benjamin assumed he wasn't any better than any other artist, was at math or science or football. Then he took an after-school enrichment class called Art Out of Bounds. In the class, he saw a picture of a rock that had some that had stuck in a lake to form a spiral. That someone had stuck in a lake to form a spiral. The rocks were an example of a kind of art called earthworks. He also heard about people who got up on stage and did silly things. They were called performance artists. He he also heard about people who got up and said, they were called per performance artists. And then he heard about people who just wrote a list of ideas for art that they'd never made. They were called conceptual artists. It seems it would be pretty easy to be an artist if you could do any of those things. In Art Out of Bounds, students had to do things like create imaginary languages and invent an alternative gra to gravity. When students wanted to draw or paint or sculpt or do anything normal of, or any normal art things, their teacher, who had long dreadlocks that bounced up and down when he spoke and made everything seem really important, encouraged the students to make an abstract art rather than trying to copy the world around them. Copies are what Xerox machines are for, he said, which is funny because he had just shown them how some how some Xerox art didn't look like a copy of anything. Benjamin tried explaining that his paintings weren't abstract. They were copies of the world as he saw it, but the teacher said that it was close to the same thing and not to worry. After that, Benjamin started painting everything he saw, especially music, which was Benjamin's favorite thing to look at. Without telling Benjamin, the teacher submitted his work to the Young Leonardo's Contest. Nobody could believe it when Benjamin won first prize, at least all of himself. Not only had he never won a prize before, he'd never even entered a contest. Benjamin liked winning, but it wasn't easy being a winner. All of a sudden, everybody wanted to talk to him, and talking was very difficult for Benjamin. Usually when he talked, people thought he was crazy, or else that he was reciting a poem like those two impressive-looking strangers in the schoolyard, the golden lady and the silver man. You have such a wonderful eye, or should I say, a wonderful ear, said the golden lady. I haven't seen such a talented young man since, well, since, since this man here was a young boy. Oh, but I never painted like that, said the silver man with depreciating laugh. This boy is one of a kind, aren't you, son? But Benjamin couldn't even muster a proper thank you. He knew whatever he'd say must have come out wrong because instead of their smiling smiles feeling warm, their smiles didn't feel like anything at all. Benjamin didn't like these strangers. They both had gray voices. Gray was the color of computers and recording messages. In Benjamin's experience, when people had gray voices, they were usually lying. But his mother had told him that it wasn't fair to judge people by the color of their <laughs> by the color of their voices, especially since nobody could see the color except him. 
It was hard to believe that other people didn't see strangers' words curling out of their, their mouths like smoke, or like it was, or was it more like breath on a really frosty day, but he tried not to look. That is so cool. Um, but, uh, besides, if he just listened to what the strangers were saying and not how they were saying it, he had to admit they were being friendly. They told him that they could come and take, they had come to take him to an art camp. It's going to be really fun, said the golden lady. We all have, we have all kinds of unusual art supplies and there will be plenty of other young artists like you for you to play with. Benjamin was relieved that they weren't taking his prize away. For some reason, he thought that they might. Nonetheless, this art camp, camp sounded peculiar, even for Benjamin, who had never been to a camp and who had very little sense of time or dates or seasons, knew that some people that knew when people went to camp during summertime, during summertime, not during the school year, and definitely not during school hours. But the strangers were grown-ups, and therefore he had to listen to them, and they said that they had a special permission from Miss Johnson, and they promised to bring him back to school at the end of the day. As he mulled over what they were saying, he barely noticed that the strangers were escorting him out of the school's back gate. It was only after the limousine pulled away from the school that he remembered his, mo his mother's instructions never get into car with strangers. Realizing that he'd made a drastic mistake, he looked back up to the safety of his, of his school. The gate was still open, and that girl was looking out. It was Cassandra, the girl that had big pointy ears and for some reason always reminded him of mint chocolate chip ice cream. The kind of, the kind of chocolatey, but mostly minty. Their eyes locked for a moment, and his thoughts yelled for help. Unfortunately, as weird as his brain was, he didn't seem to be able to be capable of mental telepathy. One of the strangers put a handkerchief over his face, and then everything went black. Benjamin woke, still tasting mint chocolate chip ice cream. He was wearing some kind of white tunic, and he was in a bed, in a bed, a, in a small, unfamiliar room. In the room, it was almost completely bare with white walls, a stone floor, and a tiny window up high near the ceiling. Oh my gosh, what a nightmare. And for anybody that doesn't know, telepathy is when you can talk to somebody through your mind without actually talking to them. So it's like, if you think something like, I'm hungry, and like you look at somebody and make eye contact, they can hear your thoughts. That's what telepathy is. Okay, there was something indescribably strange about how, about the room. What was it? It was the silence he was, he realized after a moment. He had never before experienced total absolute absence of sound. He scratched his head and discovered it was completely smooth, like an egg. He was bald. Where was he? Only then did he notice the golden lady standing nearby him, studying him. Am I dreaming, he asked, struggling to speak clearly. She shook her head. Is this a hospital? What happened? You're in a purification chamber, she said in a hushed tone. Now be quiet and close your eyes. You're not supposed to have any stimulation. What about art camp? Later, Benjamin. Later. When he opened his eyes again, he was alone and he was afraid. Either he wasn't dreaming or his he was dreaming and unable to wake up, which was worse. When the golden lady reappeared, she didn't say anything. He told her he was hungry and she gave him some kind of whitish drink that looked and felt like milk but had no taste or smell. As time passed, <clears throat> 
the lack of stimulation started to affect him, he began imagining things. Sounds, colors, smells, tastes. These sensations weren't in front of him. In, weren't in, wait, hold on. Weren't in the front of his mind, but far back. <clears throat> like when you have a hearing test and the beeps are so high or so low that they're almost in outside of range for your human ears. When a real sound penetrated the room, he was so lost in his own head that at first he didn't realize that it was. Then he finally recognized that it was the sound of a car engine. He stood up by his bed. By standing up on the top of his pillow, he could peer out the room window. It was night outside, and he could just make out a road through the trees. The limousine was passing by. A girl was pressing her nose against the limousine rear, and suddenly Benjamin's mouth was full of taste of mint chip ice cream. It was Cassandra, the girl who had stood outside the school watching when he was driving away, and now he was watching her. He was like the same, it was like the same scene in reverse. He considered waving or yelling, but then decided he must be imagining her. What were the chances that she would be there? He must have been dreaming after all. Oh, creepy. Peyton, you want me to do another episode? Well, nope, we lost her. All right, that's so creepy. All right, guys. Dude, we're almost done with this book. Just a couple more days and we're going to be done. Yahoo. All right, see you guys later.